Today, we are starting a new series today. It's called DNA. It's just simple. The next few weeks are going to be some good reminders. For some of you that are newer to Rockside, uh, we want to give you an opportunity to learn our DNA, who we are. Um, and who we are comes through Christ's commission. I mean, so it's not going to be like a shock or anything like that. But it's good for us to be reminded of who we are and what we're called to. Amen. How many of you remember the old Disney movie, uh, Lion King? Okay, the cartoon version. And you see Mufasa, and he's walking with his son after his son had gotten into some trouble. And Mufasa was having this conversation with Simba. And he gets to the point, and he says, remember who you are. And today, that's what God is going to speak to us today, is church, remember who we are. We're not entities on our own. We're not out there islands unto ourselves. We are called. We have a mission. We have a purpose. If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a follower of Christ. And with that comes a mission and a purpose that we need to be living out on our daily lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray as we get into the word this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. Jesus, we don't take that for granted either, that you come and you meet with us, that you pour out your love onto us as a congregation. Lord, we just ask right now that you would illuminate our hearts, open our eyes and our ears to hear what you have to speak to us today. Holy Spirit, speak to individual hearts. God, challenge us, uh, us today. God, call us to new places. Lord, show us areas where we need to change. We need to adjust who we are and what we're doing with our life, Lord Jesus. God, thank you that when you come, Father, you don't come with condemnation, but God, you come with conviction so that we can be better for the sake of your name. God, I thank you for the word of God that you've given us as a GPS, as a direction, as a guide that has all the answers that we need for this life. Thank you, Jesus, that it is living and active. And so, Father, I pray that you'll speak today here in this moment. We thank you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. So, talking about DNA, right? So all living organisms have DNA, right? That's the blueprint, the genetic code for its growth and its functionality. In the same way, a healthy church, now notice I said healthy, right? A healthy church, because that's our desire to be and live out a healthy church, all right? A healthy church possesses a unique set of characteristics that foster spiritual growth and maturity with a clear sense of purpose and mission, all right? So you wanna be a part of a healthy church, a growing church where people know Jesus, they're reading their Bibles, they're living it out, right? You want to be a part of that, and that is our desire here that we will continue to be a healthy church. Understanding and embracing this spiritual DNA is crucial, and that is why we strive for it because it not only shapes our identity, but it also determines our effectiveness in fulfilling God's purpose for us as Rockside Church, all right? A healthy church is one that is committed to spiritual growth and discipleship, all right? When, so when you're looking at evaluating, that's what we're looking at, spiritual growth and discipleship. I want us to be a healthy church. I know you want us to be a healthy church, but that takes all of us then doing our part as individuals then as we come together corporately, right? A thriving church is marked by individuals who are continually growing in their faith, right? They don't just accept Jesus and stop. They are continually growing, deepening their relationship with God, and actively seeking to live out the teachings of Jesus in community. I'm going to say that again. Actively seeking to live out the teachings of Jesus by yourself and isolated. No, that's not what it says. In community. We are made to be in community. 
in fellowship with one another, in groups. And that could be a group of two or three, 12 or 15, 30 or 40. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but we are called to be in community, amen? It's important. So if you're out there and you're feeling isolated and you're feeling alone, I beg you to get involved. We have lots of ways, lots of places throughout the week that you can get connected into groups here at this church. Men, women, young adults, kids, youth, Bible study, prayer. There are lots of opportunities to get connected in so that you have a smaller community than just once a week, right? At the same time, the, a healthy church also seeks to impact the community. So we don't wanna just focus on here. We don't wanna just become a group of believers that are growing and thriving here. We also want to be able to take that out to the community, amen? amen? A healthy church is not inwardly strong, is not only, sorry, inwardly strong and growing, but it also has outward focus, seeking to engage the community in which we live and the broader world. All right, and that's why we do outreaches. That's why we focus on certain areas around us so that we can make sure we're targeting our community. That's why we're missional. That's why we give 40-some percent of our budget goes to the world. We support missionaries around the world because we believe in taking the gospel to people that have never heard of the name of Jesus, amen? All right, so you might not be called to go to Africa as a missionary, but you're definitely called to pray, to partner and give finances, right? If you're not the one that's being called to go, we are called to partner in that great commission. And God uses us as all, all of us. So we're called to go beyond into the broader world. This involves demonstrating the love of Christ through service, through compassion and outreach making a lasting impact on individuals, families, and societies. Church, we are empowered to make a difference. We are empowered so that the job you work at, that people recognize you're different. That in the city where you live, that it's recognizable in your neighborhood that you are different. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to be that light to the world. That's part of the, the mission, amen? The Apostle Paul in his letters to the early churches described several key characteristics of the body of Christ. And in the Gospels, Jesus went on to give us more qualities. When we live by these principles, we display the transformative power of Christ in our midst. As we explore our DNA, we will uncover practical ways to build and maintain a church that more closely aligns with God's design. Don't you want to align with God's design, not anybody else's design, right? Listen, it's not, it's not my job to figure out what God's, like, it's not my vision. Does that make sense? Like, my job as a pastor is to get God's vision for what he's having us do here in this community. Same with us as a church. It's not our church's desire to just, we're going to make up what we want to do and go do it. No, we seek God first. God, what do you want us to do? What is your assignment for our church, for me as an individual, we want God's best, not just good things, because we can spend our time doing lots of good things. But is it God's assignment? And that's where we want to be. We want to be living on mission and doing it because God has called us to it. Amen? So it's important. The message of the gospel is critically important. Do you guys believe that? Do you look around and, and realize the hope of Jesus so many need to know the hope of Jesus. And we have the answer. You have a story. If you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior in this room right now, you have a story of what he has done. And that story you need to offer to other people so that they can hear. Ryan, you were talking about it. We do need to testify more. You're right. There's no reason why we can't have testimonies every week on a Sunday. There's no reason. It's not an agenda thing. We can put it in anywhere. Amen? I'm a little fired up this morning. We got to remember who we are. This isn't Pastor Michelle telling us who we are. This is Jesus telling us who we are and what we're called to. The message of the gospel is critically important. And we, as the followers of Jesus, have been commanded to go and to tell. If you're not watching the chosen please do so. Do yourself a favor and get caught up in the episodes. 
All right, anybody go see it over the weekend, the new ones that just got launched, season four? Okay, it came out in the theaters. You can find all the seasons on different apps and things like that. They're free, um, but watch them. The way that they show Jesus and how he interacts with people and the disciples. Man, I, when I read the Bible, it just helps me envision even more so because that's how I see him. I see him caring and loving and nurturing. I see the disciples, they, they hug each other and they, they put their heads together. They, they really care and love for one another. That's the church Jesus had 12 disciples. That was his first church. It was a group of 12 men. They loved each other. They prayed for one another. They believed in one another. They had tough conversations. We are called to that. And the manner in which God has chosen to spread the message of this good news is through his church. Now, that doesn't just mean the pastors. That doesn't just mean the people on the pulpit, on the platform, right? Absolutely, we are called to do that, yes. But he's chosen to send it through his disciples, through those who are following Jesus. And that's every single one of us. So today the challenge is, what are you doing as a follower of Christ to, fo to live out this mission, this great commission? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. We're gonna look at a short portion of scripture, 16 through 20. Matthew 28 is all about the resurrection of Jesus, right? We go through the crucifixion and the burial, and then Jesus rises from the dead, blows everybody's mind. <laughs> Can you imagine? I can't. I would love to have been there. Like if I could go back to any point in history, I think I would wanna definitely be there when Jesus rose from the dead. That would have been pretty awesome. So after he rose from the dead, he was getting ready to leave and go back to heaven where he had came from. And before he did that though, he wanted to give like, his, like a message. He wanted to be able to say, listen, before I go, I wanna leave with you like my heartbeat. I want you to know my plans for you, what I need you to do while I'm gone, all right? And so this is his message obviously to the disciples, but it's to us because we're his disciples. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're a follower of Jesus. You are a disciple, which is a learner and a follower. So he gave us this great commission. And guys, let me just be real. My job is to be your pastor. If you know Jesus and you're a follower of Christ and he's given us this commission, that means there's accountability. That means you will stand before Jesus on how you've lived out that great commission. I'm not saying that in condemnation. I'm saying that in, we need to understand the reality of what we've signed up for. It comes with accountability. The Lord holds each of us, myself included. How am I living out the great commission? How are you living out the great commission every single day of our lives, amen? Because one day we'll stand before an audience of one. It'll be me and Jesus. And he's gonna ask how, how did I live out the commission? What did I do? I wanna be able to share with him, right? I did my best and here's blah, blah, blah. Here's how it looked and what it, you know? And we don't get salvation based on works. We all understand that. But there's a day where he will hold us accountable. So Matthew 28, let's go to verse 16. So it's after the resurrection and Jesus is getting ready to talk to the disciples. It says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. He often would get away and pray. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And here's where, here's where it comes, all right? He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Therefore, go. So he's telling them, listen, we've had this kumbaya huddle group for a while and it's been great. But now I'm getting ready to go to heaven and you 
I'll need to take what I've given you and spread it out. You need to give it away. No longer is it just for you. It's now for the rest of the world and you need to go. That's an action word. That means get out of your seat, get out of where you are and make motion forward. (laughs) Some of you need to hear that today, all right? You need to hear, you need to go. Now for you, going might just be across the street to your neighbor. For some of you, you might be called, you might be being called to missions. Maybe you are getting called to full-time missions where God's like, man, he's been speaking to you about a country and you're like, I think I need to pursue that. I need to pursue that in prayer. Maybe you're called into ministry. We need to be willing and able to say, yes, Lord, whatever you're calling me to, I will go. Amen? Six plus years ago, actually it was about seven and a half years ago, I was, I was at a staff job in Elyria at a church loving my gig. You know, I'd been there for 12 years. Everything was wonderful. And all of a sudden the Lord started shaking my life and started saying things to me like, I think you need to go pastor a church yourself. No, no, you know, I, I, that had to have been pizza or something. And that became a conversation. That became a conversation and a negotiation with the Lord. You guys have heard this story, but I'll never forget it because it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't something that I was seeking to do. But yet my life, I've yielded it to him. And I've always said, I will be willing to go and do whatever you're calling me to do. Except 20 years ago, it was I wasn't gonna be a lead pastor or a full-time missionary. And I've learned my lesson. I'm never saying never again. (laughs) But if we really believe what we pray or even what we sing, I surrender all. Jesus above everything. If we really believe that, then when he calls us, we need to be ready to say yes and we need to be ready to lay down whatever that looks like. And so I was, I was able to work through all the things and get myself in alignment with the Lord and say yes to his call. And I'm thankful because now I'm here and I love being here with you guys. And I love what God is doing through this church and this community and we're just getting started. Amen? Therefore, go. And then it says, and make disciples. That means that's a process. There's not a wand. He didn't give them a magic wand and said, just hit people and now they're gonna be followers of Jesus. No, make disciples means you gotta have relationship. That means it's gonna take time. That even means it's gonna be messy. How many of you have made something, you've tried to follow a recipe and it didn't turn out and it was like, it was kind of messy. Well, making disciples is gonna be messy because we're dealing with lives and people and we're not perfect and those that we're walking with aren't perfect. But Jesus has asked us to go and to make disciples, obviously of all nations, right? All people. He wants heaven full of the entire world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says this in verse 20, teach, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. That's important. He didn't say pull out the parts of the Bible that are just fluffy and nice. No, teach them all the things, all the commands that I've given you. So our job, if you know Jesus, doesn't matter how much you know, our job then is to start multiplying. Our job then is to become a disciple maker. We all have enough of Jesus to go to heaven. But man, we need to be walking with other people so that we're bringing more people with us, amen? Amen. So this is our mission. It's to go, it's to make disciples who then make more disciple-making disciples. I know that's a fun tongue twister. I'm gonna say it again. So that's our mission, right? To go, to make disciples who then make more disciple-making disciples. You guys, that's what we're praying into as our church here, as our culture that we become a church that is just multiplying disciples who are making disciples. Amen? Amen. I want to follow what Jesus has asked us to do. There's a lot of good things we can be doing, but discipleship is one of the main things we need to be doing and living out. Because why? Jesus said it. He commanded it of us that know him. Our Rockside mission statement is this, and it's over here on this banner. 
taking the unchanging love of Christ to an ever-changing world. That is what we are called to at Rockside Church. Goes along with the Great Commission. How are we doing with that? How are you doing with that? Living to the mission of what God has called us as a church. And I ask you today to really ask your heart. Look at your life. What needs to adjust? What needs to flex? What needs to adapt so that you can be living out the mission more effectively? The next few moments, I wanna talk a little bit about the 10 qualities of a disciple. And we're gonna go through these quickly, so do not, do not think, oh man, we're gonna be here for another hour. We are not. But we want a healthy church. And in order to have a healthy church, that means the disciples in that church are healthy and they're growing and they're spiritually developing, they're eating on their own, they're reading the word of God in between Sundays, right? They're studying God's word, they're meeting with people in between Sundays, they're building relationships, they're holding each other accountable. That's who we are gonna continue to build and be, amen? So as a disciple, I want us to look at these, and this is where the challenge would come today. Some of these you're gonna read and you're, we're gonna talk about and you're gonna go, man, that's, I need to work on that, Jesus. I need your help. Some of you, there might be a few of these qualities that you're like, oh Lord, I need, as a disciple, I need your help. And that's why we're talking about today because God's calling us to a new place. He's calling us to be multipliers. No longer just enough for us to come and be fed ourselves. We gotta start feeding other people the gospel of Jesus Christ, Amen. So some of this comes from a book by Dennis Rouse, and it's called uh, 10 Qualities That Move You From a Believer to a Disciple, all right? So we wanna move. We wanna mature in Christ, right? We don't wanna just be babies who are eating spiritual milk. We wanna be eating food, right? Because we've matured. Jesus is looking for a mature church, a church without spot or wrinkle, and we want to be that. So here are the 10 qualities of disciple. You guys ready? You got your notes out? Okay. I think that's a good encouragement for us as a church. Uh, if you don't take notes, you start taking notes. It's good. You can look through it during the week. Our, our friend Mark, he often takes notes. He'll send me things that the Lord's speaking to him. We can learn a lot from our friend Mark who, who takes weekly notes. I encourage you to do that because then it helps you remember and you can bring it into prayer and you can be growing during the week even from the different messages. So that's just that was just free. And thank you, Mark, for being a good example. Yes, yes, you. Thanks for being a good example. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Ready? Quality number one, a passionately committed to Jesus Christ. So disciple is passionately committed to Jesus Christ. So this is where we start to ask ourselves, are we? Are we passionately committed to Jesus Christ? God is calling you and I to come close and to learn from him. One of the primary indicators that you have become a disciple now listen to this, is when your passion shifts from worldly desires to Jesus. When all of a sudden the things of the world grow dim and they aren't as big of a deal and Jesus becomes everything. And all of a sudden his mission and purpose becomes greater than anything you have in your life, any desire or dream. That's how you know that you are passionately committed to Jesus. Luke 14, 25 says this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I remember reading that like when I was younger and I was way confused because I was like, wait, Jesus is telling us to hate people? I didn't, un I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. That is not the case. He's talking about the priority of relationship. And Jesus has to be number one over all those other relationships. Those relationships become secondary to the king of kings in your life. So much so that when he called the disciples, he said, leave them, leave them. Let the dead bury the dead. Like leave all of that behind and follow me. Because the priority, if you wanna be passionate about Jesus, is you leave all that behind. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, nobody here, you still love your family and honor your parents and all those things. But the point is, in comparison, there should be such a difference between your love for God and all the others. They shouldn't be idols. They shouldn't be taking precedent over Jesus. 
that makes sense? Just want to clarify that so nobody's like, that pastor is saying to hate our parents. No, no, no. Jesus was very clear on what he meant there. But you can't be a disciple if those things are above him. If your family and what you're doing for the family and what you're doing for the kids, if all that's taking you away from Jesus, you got to take a look at that. The priority is Christ above everything. So all those things become secondary. In your marriage, if your marriage is the idol of your life and you know you don't do certain things at church or you're not around because we got to check ourselves, right? Because if we're passionately committed to Christ, then Jesus is the first in our life and everything else is secondary, all right? So that's the first quality of a disciple, passionately committed to Jesus Christ. Just ask yourself, where are you at on that, all right? And again, this is in love. These are all of these things. The Lord is working on me as well. So I'm praying that the Lord is encouraging you where you need to be encouraged and challenging you where you need to be challenged. Number two is this. The disciple will have an extraordinary love for people. Not just a love out of duty because I have to, like the Bible says I have to love people. No, extraordinary love, extraordinary. Love that just comes out of nowhere. Overwhelming in a sense. That's how you'll know you're a disciple. Jesus modeled extraordinary love for all people. And he came to teach us to do the same because that's what melts hard hearts. That's what makes people go, why are you doing this? Well, because I love God and I love you. Pouring out our love. Jesus came to break down barriers that separate us. Everything that's trying to separate us in the world, that is not from God. That is from the pit of hell. Jesus' love is the bridge, and we are called to be that bridge, and we're called to pour out extraordinary love on people. We're meant to be the light of the world, demonstrating the Father's heart so that all might be reconciled back to him. All people, all nations, amen. And he wants to use us. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. Guys, that's humbling, John 13, 34 and 35 says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. There's a period right there. You could just end it right there. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How do we prove to the world who God is? We love each other. Instead of trying to tear each other apart, a couple years ago, right, we were, everything was crazy, COVID, election stuff, all the racial stuff. We were like, the church was not being a good example of this at all, right? No, we were letting the things of the world separate us. And Jesus is like, no, let your love prove that you're my disciple. Not your opinions, not your affiliations, none of it. All that is secondary. We are called as Christ followers above all of that, amen? And it's our love, and it's our love that's gonna let them know. Not our condemnation, not our pointing our fingers, oh, this person this, or this person that. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? You need to get out of that seat. We're not called to be the Holy Spirit in people's lives. That's, that's his job. Okay, you guys doing all right? That's only number two. You ready? All right. Number three, the disciple must have a heart of a servant. True greatness begins with humility. The, the Bible tells us that to be great, we must serve others. And humility is at the center of the heart of a servant. We must decrease so that Christ's character can increase in us. And you guys, that doesn't just happen. That comes from a daily dying to ourselves, a daily time with the Lord, saying, Lord, I give you myself, I surrender. I die to my flesh, increase in me. It comes from praying prayers like that and walking that out, asking the Lord to help us to be humble. We all deal with pride, and so we have to ask the Lord's help. Help me with my pride. Help me with, I can do it my own, my stubbornness. You know, we have to ask the Lord for help, and he's always there to help us. But a disciple will have a heart of a servant ready to come alongside, to support and to care and to be there. Matthew 23, 11 says, the greatest among you must be a servant. Do you have that heart of a servant? 
And if you don't, it's okay. Just ask the Lord to help you. And he will. Ask the Lord to give you opportunities to come along and serve. We have lots of them here at the church, lots of opportunities to serve our community and to serve our different ministries and to serve the people of this congregation. There are a lot of opportunities to serve. You can serve your neighbors. You can serve your family, right? Putting your place, yourself in that place of humility. And that's not easy. Again, right? We have to be good at letting ourselves die and putting others before ourselves. But if you want to be a disciple of Christ, you have to have that heart of a servant. Jesus modeled that, right? Jesus didn't come to be served. He could have. Do we realize that? He's the king of kings and lord of lords. He could have said, hey, you come serve me. But he didn't. He showed up with a towel and he showed and he bent down and he washed the disciples' feet. What an image for us, you guys. We need to live that message of the towel in our relationships with our coworkers. And that's tough, but we have to have a heart of a servant. Number four is this. A disciple must be sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit. Sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit. The more connected you are to the Holy Spirit, the more connected you are to God. He is the presence, power, and anointing of God. When you receive Jesus as Lord, his spirit comes inside of you to cleanse you of your past and give you a new life. At the point of salvation, yes, the Holy Spirit enters you. Now, we, we are a Pentecostal church, so we believe in another experience, right? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you have power and you have prayer, you have a prayer language, like, that's a separate experience than salvation. But it's salvation, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is a part of us, all right? And that's beautiful. Comes to give us life. John 14, 16 through 17 says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he lives with you and he will be in you. Recognize that spirit of truth. There's a lot of things going on in the world and it's not truth. That's why it's important that we're reading our Bibles for yourselves, that you're understanding who God is. Because a lot of things can come at you and you've got to know what truth is. And the Holy Spirit helps us with that. He's our teacher. He's our guide. Amen. And we need to be sensitive and submitted to the Holy Spirit's leadership of our life. If you want to be a disciple, right? Number five is this. Here's another quality. They are governed by the authority of God's word. God's word is truth. You can't believe some of it and not all of it. Do you guys get that? It's truth. Disciples have made a decision that they must elevate the word of God over their feelings. So we trust truth over feelings, even when it's difficult. You might be going through a really difficult time. Maybe there's been a death and you're devastated. There's lots of feelings, lots of emotions that come with that. We've got to come back to the truth of who God is, right? He says he'll walk with us. He is the comforter. We're not alone. We bring truth to those situations. That's why God has given us his scriptures. They're just not words on a page. They have power and authority. They're transformative. They're life-giving. His word has power over darkness. Hello. That's, inc- that's incredible. The authority of God's word matters. We're a church that believes in the biblical truths of everything that's written in here. You want to know who we are, our DNA? We get it all from scripture. That's not going to change. We're not going to rewrite it because of culture. No, we're going to continue to elevate God's word as sovereign. Thank you, Jesus. John 8, 31 and 32 says this. Then Jesus said, to the Jews who believed him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you abide in my word, that means you're hanging out in it, you're reading it, you're eating it for breakfast, you're meditating on it, 
You're learning it. You're letting it saturate your spirit and your soul. And then you're going to know the truth. And what does it say about truth? It sets you free. Anybody need to be set free of anything here today? (laughs) The truth of his word will set you free. Amen? Amen? So a disciple is governed by God's authority, his word. Number six is a disciple of Jesus lives morally pure. Now, that doesn't mean perfect, right? We live in a fallen world. We all deal with sin. But the goal, the heart, is to live morally pure. Because God is a father, he invites us to share his character. We have his DNA. Do you realize that? We are made in the image of God Almighty. I think some of you need to sit with that for a minute. God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, all of the universe, everything that exists, you have his DNA. Some of you need to stop looking in the mirror and saying the things you've been saying about yourself. You need to stop. You need to stop thinking the negativity that you're thinking about yourself. It needs to stop. Because why? You carry the DNA of God Almighty. And when you look in the mirror and when you say those negative things or you come in alignment with the negative thoughts that the enemy's trying to bring, what does that do to the creator who made you in his image? Breaks his heart. We're his kids. We're his children, his sons and daughters. Every single one of us from every nation, every creed, every color, all of it. We are all made in the image of Jesus Christ, male and female. Let's put that there, right? (laughs) Period. It. All done. Male, female. Boom. Made in his image. Clear. Concise. Some of you in here need to start getting aligned with who you are, that identity in Jesus Christ as son and daughter. You need to be walking in it. There's freedom in that when you know whose you are. Back to the Lion King movie, right? Remember Simba? And he's getting taunted by the whatever they are. Hyenas, thank you. You know, and they're chasing him, and all of a sudden he starts to meow, right? And he's like there, and he's this little kitten, and he's like, meow. And they're like laughing at him, like literally they're mocking him. And, you know, little Simba tries it again. He's like, meow. And then all of a sudden, he does it again, and and this like crazy mighty roar comes out of the like wherever they were. And, And he's like, you know, he's all like, whoa, that came out of me. And of course, the story, we understand it's Mufasa behind him, right? And the moment that that happens, those hyenas leave, right? They scatter because the lion showed up. What a picture for us, right? We're we're like little Simba. (laughs) God Almighty is there behind us, roaring. Like, we don't have anything to worry about. He's got us. He's got our backs. Amen? Amen. As followers of Jesus, we have been called to live holy and pure That's just the way it is. And it's tough in this world and we need his help, right? Because so much comes at us. We need his help. We're made in his image and he is a holy God. Therefore, our desire and our pursuit needs to be such. And it's helpful if we're in his presence and we're reading scripture and we're in worship. We can live more pure lives when we're doing that. When you're away from the church and you're away from reading your scripture and you're away from pouring anything good in, it's harder to do because you have only the world in you. We gotta pour a lot of heaven and a lot of Jesus in us so that we can do that. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says this, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Which means it's possible because he wouldn't have put it in there. It's possible for us to live in holiness, not on our own though. Can I just say that, pause for a minute? It's only by his grace, his spirit, his help, his strength, okay? Like we cannot be holy uh, in ourselves. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, we need Jesus, amen? Amen. (laughs) So be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So when you pray, you can ask the Lord, Lord, purify my mind, purify my thoughts, 
Help me to live holy. Show me in my life what needs to leave. Show me what, what I've been feeding myself that is just not good, too much of the world. The Lord will show you. He'll start to say, you know what? That's not good for you. Go ahead and let that go. Stop doing that. It's not like a list of thou shalt not. It's just, man, if you want to live holy, ask the Lord. He will help you. He'll start to show you what needs to exit and what needs to be more in your life, right? Quality six, live morally pure. Number seven, a disciple is evangelistically bold. When we receive Christ, his Holy Spirit comes inside of us. Many people in the world are searching for something. They need somebody who has enough boldness to share their faith and their story so that they can know, all right? You have a story of what God has done. Share that with others. People need to know the Jesus that has saved you. They need to know the Jesus that has answered your prayers. Now is the time to stand out and be different, church, to share the good news about Jesus Christ. What's your Jesus story? Whatever that is, begin sharing that, church. Mark 16, 15 says this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Again, you, you hear that? Go. We're called to go, right? Go and preach. Go and teach. Go and share. Moving forward, taking what we've been given and begin to pass it out onto the world. Quality number eight is this. Engages in biblical community. That means coming to church, <laughs> being connected, being engaged, being involved in groups, bringing your life around other people, right? God said that it's not good for man to be alone. He has wired us to function best in the context of biblical community. We are the family of God. So we're to run this race together, to be there for one another. When one falls down, we can be there to pick them up, right? When somebody gets tired, we can put our arm around the shoulder and, hey, I'll walk with you. Come, let's do this together. That is the point so that we can do this together. We're the family of God. I know sometimes families can have not good things, right? Not all families are perfect. Well, not all church families are either, but our heart's desire is to be a positive family, right? That can come alongside and love one another. We're gonna work hard for that. We're gonna contend for that here at church, amen? Acts 2, 42 says they spent their time learning from the apostles and they were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. You wanna know who the DNA of who we are? It's right here. Learn from one another become family, break bread, spend time, eat lunches and dinners, hang out together, pray together, right? You hear all of that together, come together, be together. That's our DNA. And you help us make that happen. Each of us, we do our part. Quality eight, engages in biblical community. Going on to number nine, and we're gonna quickly go through nine and 10. Number nine is just and generous. When we put our hope and trust in our God, in what we put our hope and trust in guides our thoughts and decisions. It's important. When money rules us, it steals our hearts and affection away from the Father. God isn't interested in what we can acquire for ourselves. What matters to him is that we is what we do has an eternal significance. So really, like, I mean, all the things we're doing here on earth matter, but they don't matter in comparison to eternity. So again, where's the priority? We wanna put the priority on the eternal, on the things that are not seen. We wanna put our focus, our time and our energy on eternity, not on building a kingdom for ourselves or bu building wealth and none of that's bad, but that shouldn't be our, where our, for our focus is, should be on Christ. Matthew 6, 24 says this, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, God and be enslaved to money. So we have to choose. We have to choose this day, who will you serve? Will you serve God? Will you serve yourself? Will you serve God? Will you serve the world? Will you serve God or will you serve something else? That's, that's the choice, right? Who will you serve? And the 10th quality of a disciple is this. They live on mission. They live on mission. 
The only way to know your purpose is to know God. If you want to know what you're called to do, get in God's presence. He'll tell you. Start reading scripture. It's going to be obvious. The Great Commission, that's where we start. We all, that's all of our purposes right there to start there. If you need more details about what does that look like, take it into prayer. God, how do I, how do I make this happen in my everyday life? He will show you. He will let you know the details. It's amazing. Lean on him and he will equip you to fulfill every task that he's called you to. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12 says this. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. Say that with me. It's in Christ (laughs) that we find out who we are and what we're living for. This is from the message and I love it. That's why I put it in there. It's in Christ that we find out, oh, sorry, who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Do you need to know who you are and what God's plans are? It's in Christ. (laughs) That's where we find it. He has hopes and dreams for you. He has plans and purposes, but you got to get in his word. You got to get in his presence so that you know. I hope today, I know we went through those character qualities of disciple pretty quickly. You can go back and uh, listen to it if you need to rewind, but we're called to live out the great commission church. And there's just too many people that still need to know the love and the hope. And although Jesus isn't here tangibly today, his presence is here and he's calling us. He's saying to you, disciple, what are you doing? What are you doing as your part in the mission? How are you living missionally? Do you have a heart of a servant? Are you passionately committed to Jesus? Are you engaging in biblical community? Are you being bold with your evangelism? Right? We can go through again those characteristics. And today he's just saying, remember who you are. The things you're doing good in, great. The things that you need to be challenged in, let the Holy Spirit right now, even in your heart, show you, man, I need to I need to up my game here. The Lord will help you. He's going to help us, church. He's not left us. We have all the power and we have all all that we need. We just need to activate it. We need to go. We need to be. We need to do. We need to put it to action. Faith without works is dead. And I will tell you, we will not be a dead church. And we're not. We haven't been and we will never be. We're going to continue to thrive and grow and be a multiplying church of disciples. Amen. But we all need to recommit ourselves as a disciple. So I want us to do this. Stand to your feet today. And I'm going to give you just an opportunity where you're at to make a recommitment today of your followership. Your followership of Jesus Christ. Are you a disciple today? There might be some areas that you need to adjust or you need some help in. Ask the Lord for help and he will help you. So let's just close our eyes right now in this moment. And before we go to pray for those of you that know Jesus, I want to make sure and give an opportunity this morning. You might be here today and and maybe you've never even invited Jesus into your heart. You're hearing us talk about being a follower of Jesus and you're like, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I've never asked Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And I just want to make sure that we give an opportunity for that this morning. He invites us to come. It's a beautiful invitation to be Lord and Savior, to be his disciple, to be able to live in eternity with him. He simply just says, come. He asks us to ask him for forgiveness of our sins, to confess that we need him, to believe that Jesus died on the cross. And so I just want to give a moment here today. Is there anybody here that would like to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior before we move on our prayer? And if so, just put your hand where I can see it as a pastor. I want to be able to pray for you this morning. I want to be able to give you that opportunity in this moment.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So for the rest of us this morning, the call is a challenge. Scripture is challenging us. God is challenging us as disciples. And so I just want to pray for you today. If you're here today as a follower of Jesus and one of those things, just one of them, you realize you need some help on. You realize, man, Jesus, I need to be a better follower and I need your help to do that. I want to live out the Great Commission to a greater degree and I need your grace and I need your Holy Spirit. And so if that's you here today, and again, with everybody's eyes closed, I just want to pray for you today. If you recognize just even one of those character traits that you need the Lord to help you on, just raise your hand up across this place. There's hands up everywhere. Absolutely, it's all of us. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for you this morning, Lord. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for even inviting us in to the Great Commission. God, thank you that you see each of us as individuals and you love us as your sons and daughters. God, help us to remember who we are and who you are. God, may we receive all that you have for us today and be empowered to walk it out. God, thank you that you've called us to be your disciples, Lord, and you haven't left us alone to figure it out. You've given us all that we need. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, for my friends today, God. I pray that you will help all of us, Lord. Give us the strength that we need. Give us the passion. Stir us up. God, I pray that we'll realize that the time is short, Lord. You are coming back for your church, and we don't know when that is, but God, we need to be living every day on mission for your sake, for people that need to know you, Jesus. And so, Lord, I just pray, Father, for a fresh anointing over this entire place, Father, for this church. God, we want to be disciples that are multiplying more disciples. And so, Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will help all of us to open our lives. Father, the capacity of our life to be able to bring others in, to be able to walk alongside with other people as they're getting to know Jesus. God, help us in this season, Father, to be able to do that greater and better. Lord, discipleship is your idea. And God, we want to live out that command and we wanna do it effectively and by your power. And so God, we are desperate and we ask you for your help today. Help us this morning. God, help us to be people that see others and be able to extend our life to them and walk with them to bring the hope of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for this DNA. I thank you for the foundation of Rockside. God, we don't take that for granted. God, we wanna be a church that's pleasing to you. We wanna live out our biblical command to take the unchanging love of God to an ever-changing world. God, help us as a church, God. We wanna represent you well. So God, continue to anoint us to do that. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for being here this morning. We recognize your power. We recognize your grace and your love in our lives. Thank you for helping us, Lord. Be with us as we go today. Empower us. Give us divine appointments. Father, may we have more testimonies this next week, God, of what you're doing in and through our lives. We'll be careful to give you all the glory and all the praise. In your precious name, amen.